Welcome to 15 to Life, the podcast that talks about life after life in prison. Come with us on a journey and explore stories from within the prison walls to outside the prison walls. All of these podcasts are dedicated to the victims of crime. So welcome everyone to part two of the Carlos interview. This is the section where we're going over what it was like for Carlos to be inside in prison. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. Hope you enjoy. So they roll me up in the county, sitting there. Uh, I remember uh, it was... uh, bits and pieces I remember because again you know now at this point I'm coming down I'm I'm coming down off meth and I remember you know doing the whole freaking you know take your clothes off you know you got you know squat and cough lift your nuff sack you know open up your mouth shit like that and here's your orange jumpsuit and 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 the karate shoes like I like to call them no karate shoes that they give you or no 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 at that time it wasn't karate shoes yet it was chanclas they gave you little sandals yeah yeah uh, so they gave me my uh, mat my mattress my little fish kit you know with the toothbrush mm-hmm. and razor or whatever and and they put you in your uh, in your in in your pod and they're walking and i remember walking to it and again that was my first time being incarcerated i wasn't schooled on what to expect and you know i didn't i didn't i didn't know exactly what to do or what to say um and uh so we're walking they throw me in the pod it was it was it was more like a like it was it was southwest county jail in in Riverside County, it was it was probably brand new at the time. They had probably just built it, and so they put me probably in the low fender pod, you know, because I have no record, no nothing like that. And you know, I had those three felonies and that gun enhancement charge on me. Um, so I'm there. I walk in. Luckily, it wasn't. Uh, it, it was it was it wasn't a dorm. It was. It was two men's cells, and it wasn't it wasn't dorm time when I when I entered. So they just you know popped a cell, put me in there, and my Sally, he's a south sider. He kind of gave me the road da- uh, the rundown of what to expect a little bit, not everything, just just a little bit. So I'm in there, and. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, I'm waiting for my court date to come up. You know, the court date comes up. You go to municipal court at first, you know, and, and um, my first court date, I don't know, was probably less than a week after I got rolled in. But at that time, though, they're hitting me up. Where are you from? Where are you from? I Again, me being naive, I didn't know what, exactly what to say or what to do i just told them i'm 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 from west covina you know i'm you know from the sgv from san gabriel valley 
you know, that's, that's me. And so they, uh, and so they, you know, boom, that all of a sudden that's my car. You know, that's why I ran with South Siders. Um, and so I was there with them, and, but anyways, so I remember my first court date, I go in there, I got my, my public defender because, you know, I didn't come from a family of wealth and I come with a family who could afford a lawyer or anything. And so I'm there with him, and, you know, basically told him what happened and the judge. And this is the first, first court hearing, right? And the first court hearing is, is always the worst, right? Cause I always want to throw the book at you. And it, it, you know, and and the judge told me, you know, it's like, I believe to my recollection, if it's correct, so it was like maybe two years for the weed and then like three to five for the meth and the coke. And then with the gun enhancement, since it was a little firearm within, you know, the, uh, the uh, process of selling drugs, um, was instead of it running our the sentence running uh concurrently it would be consecutive so i remember he told me you know i'll, I'll be i'm looking at you know 10 to, 10 to 20 or 10 to 15 or something like that and i remember going back to my cell after that and uh, i remember man the worst feeling i ever had in the world worst feeling i ever had in the world thinking that i'm gonna go to jail for that long you know, I'm dry heaving, you know, my Sally's putting up with it because he's been there for a while. He knows, you know, how it is. And I'm dry heaving in the fucking stainless steel fucking toilet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Dry heaving freaking my gut is in a fucking knot and all that shit. You know, and anyway, so I didn't get into no trouble while I was in county. I was in county probably the shit let me see i got busted october 31st i caught the i caught the chain in january so what two months something like that you know um because my case ended up going to uh superior court because i didn't take none of the deals that they wanted to give me they wanted to give me like seven stuff like that and i was like no nah, fuck that i'm for you know i don't got shit on my record you know i'm, I'm first time um and again, I was hard headed, but I fought it. And like my dumb ass wanted to take it to a jury trial. <laughs> it's like, looking back at it, it's like, why, why the fuck you want to take it to a jury trial, dude? You're fucking guilty. I mean, it's there. It's done. <laughs> it's done. Uh, so we get there to the first court hearing at Superior Court, Riverside Superior Court. And um, I'm they chain you up, you know, uh, you know, the, with the, with the waist chains and, and, you know, you're, you're chained up with your hands to the guy's other, you know, waist and their hands mm-hmm. are, you know, chain, you know, you got that shit and they sit you down in the jury box, which would be the jury box. They sit mm-hmm. you down and they call your case up and, and stuff. So uh, they call my case the lawyer at that time, which is a different public defender, um, 
you know, talking about how, you know, I don't got no record, this and that. And mind you, I don't have no family at the, you know, there in court. I don't got no support there in court. And so it's just me to make this the decision. So the DA, they said, okay, well, we'll drop the gun charge. And uh, just give them, you know, we'll offer them two years with half time, you know, uh, plus, you know, time served in county, which I believe at that time was like a day and a half per day that you spent or something like that. Um, And I remember sitting next to these two. I I mean, I, I didn't know them from Adam, but I could tell that they were OGs. There's two big old black dudes, right? A lot older than me. And I'm sitting in between them and the public defender comes up to me in front of them, talks about the case. And he told me the, the plea deal. And I asked him, I said, you know, give me a couple minutes. Think about it. Let, let me think it over. He walks away and these two brothers, man, <laughs> these two brothers look at me and they're like, the fuck are you thinking about nigga? <laughs> It was like, you'd be home by Christmas, all right? <laughs> and, and, and that's all it took for me. I was like, okay, yeah, if I, you know, fine. So, I, you know, I kind of whistled and waved down my public defender, and he came over. I was like, all right, I'll accept it. So, and, you know, you get the option of, you know, waiting a little bit in county or or the term Fort Wit, meaning, you know, you can take me up as soon as possible. And those dudes told me, you know, do Fort Wit, you know, it's better it's 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 better than uh mm. county prison better yep. than county. so i was like all right um and then literally a few days later they call my name out of nowhere you know hey roll it up i knew what time it was all right rolled it up a couple of the older homies in county told me to stock up on stamped envelopes because you're gonna need that for trade mm-hmm. when you get to the reception yard you know, so that's what I did. I, you know, I, I, I stocked up, you know, at least I had a little bit of money on my books, you know, to, to, to get the stamped envelopes and shit like that. So caught the chain, man. And, and, uh, or what do they call it? The gray goose or something like that, whatever mm-hmm. it's called now. Gray goose. Yeah. Yeah. Caught that sucker. And that was the longest ride of my life, man. I'll tell you what, going from <laughs> Riverside and then, or from Southwest, rather, which is Temecula area. And then we had to stop at Riverside. And again, you're chained the same way. You know, fucking uh, leg shackles, shackle leg shackles. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and the aisle next to you, to the guy next to you, your arm. And I just happen to have the aisle seat, you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you always want the aisle seat on a plane, but not on that type of bus, you know, because your arm is extended. Uh, you know, we went all the way down south to Palm Desert and all that crap and and headed up north to to, to uh to Hatchapi. That's where where I was at for my reception yard. And by that time we're wearing karate shoes. All right, now we're wearing orange jumpsuits, karate shoes, and maybe a pair of chonies. I don't know if they gave us chonies or not, but underwear for people who don't mm-hmm. know about. <laughs> uh, so we get there and, and um, I remember walking in. It's cold as fuck. It's January. It's snowing outside. You know, it's it, it cold as fuck. And so, you know, we walk out and 
and, and they start processing us. Like, you know, you got your little brown bag of property, you know, um, minimal, you know, which is just your legal paperwork that you're allowed to have maybe uh, religious type metal, a wedding ring, maybe if you're married. Um, but, you know, you hand that all to the processing officer. And then again, they ask you where you're from, you know, and I'm, I'm like, well, I'm Southern Mexican. All right. You go in this cage. And I remember looking at these cages. Now, granted, I forgot to tell you this part. When you're walking in from the bus into the building, this is the hatch P it's, it's the four a yard at the time. Um, and you walk in and you see these, the guards in these cages above you and they got their mini 14s i believe mm-hmm. with the rifle that they had at the time and it is yep. pointed down at you and here i am this 19 year old fucking punk never been incarcerated never been prepped for it and i'm looking at this shit like what the fuck i'm tell you what man, i'll be straight up i was scared i was scared like a motherfucker i mean i hear people saying i was angry when i go in you know when i you know go you know, and, and those are the people who had a lot of time. You know, if if I had a lot of time, I'd be fucking angry as fuck, too. You know, you never know what's going to happen. But I, I knew I didn't have that much time. So I was more of like the pussy roll. You know, I, I was I was I was scared as fuck. So I was like, fuck. All right. So, you know, they process you. They, they, you know, they pull everybody into a room and ask them questions, you know, blah, blah, all the classification stuff that they got to do. And then you go, you know, you're thrown in these cages um, that are segregated by race, gang, affiliation, you know, mm-hmm. other, you know, you talk about being another. I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> I don't know. Now, remember, I, I don't have any, I don't have any tats on me at, at that time. I didn't have any tats on me that represented, you know, it, it, I didn't have no, you know, Sutrese or 13 or nothing like that on me. So I was, I mean, I could have gone that way, but I didn't know that was an option. I just told him I ran with at the time that I got busted with. So boom, that's, that's where I went. And um, so, you know, you wait there in that cage, literally a cage, Tito, as you probably mm-hmm. know. There's yep. literally a fucking cage with a bunch of guys jammed in there, one fucking bathroom, you know, dirty as fuck. And you're waiting there for hours. Mm-hmm. And so now they start calling people's names out and they start throwing you in the cells, two man cells. And I believe you're locked down there for a week or two. I don't remember exactly how long. It is. I don't know if you can refresh my memory. Is it a week or is it two weeks when you're in those t- in, in, in that cell? It, I think it used to be two weeks, but it's usually about a week or so yeah. until you hit your UCC and then they kick you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was somewhere around there. Um, and then, you know, you're only it's 25 hour lockdown. You're, you're you know, you, you're allowed for chow in the morning. Lunch is, you know, the bologna sandwich. You know, it was sack lunch that they drop at the door. And then for dinner, you know, you, you go down and you could eat there. Uh, and then and then you're allowed out for uh, medical checkups. They do the medical check, right? They check your teeth, yeah. you know, all that shit and all that crap. Um, the worst part 
of prison now that I'm there was so the Sally I had was no good. He was rotten. He was, you know, he'd been in and out. He was older than me, bigger than me. Um, and uh, I remember one day, just, just, just a normal day in our cell. And he fucking, fucking rigs up his fight. <laughs> he fight. Basically, I had a razor to my fucking neck. Right, I had a fucking razor to my neck. And and I was um man, it's the first time I'm saying this publicly, you know, I was sexually assaulted by another man um within there. And it was it the funny part is that's the only time it happened and I still had to spend my time. I mean I could have ratted, I could have flashed a light in the freaking cell, you know, and the guards would have came because that's like the like the fucking distress call or I, I could have said something, but no, I just kept it in. You know, I, I I compartmentalized it. You know, I put it down in the basement, as you're gonna hear. You know, um, and but that was the only time it happened. It was just like that one time, and then that was it. So I went through that, and that was um, that was a hard thing you know, that I still live with to this day. But anyway, so after that, they throw us into the uh, 4B yard into Hatchby in a dorm setting because they're overcrowded. So we're in the gym. I felt safer in the gym. <laughs> I felt safer in the gym because now, you know, now I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm, I'm riding with the Southsiders. I don't, I don't say Sureño because that's a different, when, when, when you say Sureño, it's a soldier. That's when you have the 13 on you. That's when you're committed. You know what I mean? I, to me, I was just a Southsider, associated. And so we're throwing into the gym. You know, I did probably a few weeks there in the gym till you got shipped out. And I was shipped to uh, McFarland CCF. Low level one bullshit. Mm -hmm. Low level one. Uh, I believe that was new too at the time. So I get sent there. And again, same thing. At least now I'm a little bit knowledgeable of what to expect right. and, and what to read and, and what to say, what to do, what not to do. Um, the politics still wasn't kind of clear to me. Um, I mean, it was, it was clear enough to know, you know, you don't associate with the blacks, um, or the northerners and Asians at the time, there was some beef with them. So it was like green light on them at the time. Um, so, you know, you, you definitely don't, you know, it was, I, I it, even it was, even if it was fucking a stupid level one yard, there were still those fucking politics involved. You know, it was, it was club med in a sense. We didn't have a golf course. Like I think, who has the fucking golf course? Was it San Quentin, the level one on San Quentin or 
Pelican Bay or De- Delano or Folsom or one of those. Yeah, one of them have a miniature golf. Yeah, thing. they're like a, like yeah. a little pitch and putt fucking area. I, I forget, but yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah, no, no, we didn't have that. Um, but anyway, so I had my staff envelopes with me. Um, and uh, we get there. And, uh, you know, I'm throwing in my dorm. There at that time they had four pods, and you know there were dorms, and so I'm, I'm in my dorm, and of course as soon as you get rolled in, you know you fresh fish, they they hit you up, where are you from? Like, you know, I'm sticking I'm sticking to my story, you know I'm from West Covina. All right, all right, cool, you know, boom, here it is, you know here's your bunk. Um. So I did that. And then that's when I started learning more of the politics at that time. You know, you got to, and, and, and which again, mind you, remember my upbringing isn't to be racist. I wasn't, I wasn't brought up in a, in a gang type setting. Like uh-huh. my family members, my dad was never in a gang, you know, even though he grew up in East LA, Boyle Heights, you know, back when it was, it was the thing, you know, back when shit was starting with the Southerners, um, the birthplace of it. And he, he, he never did none of that. He, he stayed away, but so I was never, I was never brought up with that, but, you know, I was, I was starting to learn. I was taught that, you know, if a black guy touches a piece of fruit or something like that and hands it to you, you can't eat it you know no you you can't touch it you can't even talk to them you know you don't you don't conversate with them in a friendly way you know you 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 take you stay segregated unless it has to do with money (laughs) if it's money or drugs or gambling you know then that's allowed um and then every pot has their little shot collar for for you know each individual race and stuff and then the yard has the main shot collar and you know whatever Again, you know, uh, it's level one bullshit. Okay. It's not fucking level four yard or three or, you know, I'm not seeing lifers, but speaking of lifers, when I was in, uh, uh, in the gym and you go to chow, there's lifers there that, you know, that are serving life in the Tehachapi main line. And they're the ones serving you chow. And there was no, no uh uh like stainless steel thing where they just slide the tray out you know it was like literally i hate to sound corny but like when you see in the movie when you know when you're yeah. walking with your tray and they they pop it on you but i remember seeing those guys i remember the homies telling me these are fucking lifers here but i remember looking at their eyes and you could see in their eyes man the, if if a look could tell a fucking story those fucking looks were fucking though those eyes were telling me a story you know and they didn't say shit they don't give a fuck about you you know they're yeah. just there to do they're there to do the fucking job and get fucked uh but anyways it's back to mcfarland i'm there um i i met up since i was from west covina which is sgv you know, the SGV car, San Diego Valley car. Um, um, uh, one of the o- older homies there. Now, my mindset at that time, that at least some person from the county told me, 
you know, don't be a young, uh, uh, a stupid youngster. Don't, you know, don't go in there with a, you know, with something to prove because it, it, it ain't going to work out. You know, lean, lean on old, on, on older homies, learn from them. They'll teach you. So that's what I did. I always hung out with the older guys, the more experienced guys who had done time. They're probably leveling down. Um, and one of them, and I'll say his name because I believe he's passed already. But yeah, uh, the homie Casper, he was, uh, he was a Tecato heroin addict, um, been in and out of prison since he was a teenager. And at that time he was in his thirties. Um, and, and he, he, he was from Valinda, which is kind of neighboring Al Puente and West Covina and stuff. But, uh, the homie Casper, man, he was big old dude. He was like six, four, 200 some pounds, just fucking yoked up, yoked up. Cause back then they had weights, mm-hmm. you know, they had weights on the yard so you can lift your weights. Um, he was yoked up. And so he took me under his wing. And, you know, I, at that time I knew nothing came for free. Right. So I always wanted to know what his angle was and his angle, you know, was, um, you know, get me a visit because he didn't have no family. He didn't have nobody. He had no visits. He was like, Hey, just give me a visit. So when my mom and dad would come and visit, I would tell him, Hey, ask for so-and-so you know, his legal name, that's for so-and-so. So he'd get a visit and, you know, he'd appreciate that. You know, that went a long way just to talk to somebody, just to get out and talk to somebody. And he was, le- and he was leveling down at that point. He had came from, you know, wherever, and he was on his way out. But yeah, he had, you know, he was always lecturing me, dude. We're on the yard and he was always fucking pointing at me like this. Well, you know, not pointing with the finger, but pointing with the knuckle. He always lecturing me all the time fucking lecture me don't do this don't do that you know don't fuck up blah 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 then i had to work out with him i had to that was my <laughs> i had to he made me fucking routine every time the yard fucking mm-hmm. open boom routine boom here we go we're working out um yeah and, and uh you know he was he was he was good guy man he was a good guy and, you know he told me the that he would get out of prison healthy do heroin fuck up get all sucked up you know and then fucking get locked right back up get healthy again get released mm-hmm. fucking ri- rinse and repeat rinse yep. and repeat with him um so he, he was always lecturing me about that so i i mean i heeded his advice and uh, um you know i i thank i i thank him for that and um so, and then I would get packages in uh, and I made sure he got a package as well. You know, coffee, fucking carton of smokes. We were allowed to smoke back then, you know, sweats, socks, you know, tennis shoes, whatever, you know, from my family. Made sure he got it. Um, so I learned a lot of life lessons from him being in there. Uh, some of the challenges that I faced when I was in there was one of the guys that I was locked up was with La Puente. He was, he was, he was from, I'm not going to say the gang name, but he was just from that city. 
And, you know, I told him, you know, where I was from. I was from West Covina. Again, me being naive, you know, the, the, whole, uh, the whole definition of me saying I'm from West Covina, I didn't think it was going to mean I was from a gang in West Covina. It was just where I grew up at. And I remember I was having a conversation with him one day. It was in the dorm. And, you know, he was asking me about what gang I was specifically I was in. And I told him, I was like, I'm not from a gang, dude. I never got jumped in anything. And he, that just fucking pissed him off, right? He was a fucking punk, man. Anyway, he was a fucking punk. And, you know, and, and, and uh, so he called me out in the middle of the fucking dorm. And we stood toe to toe. I was ready to roll. But again, the politics, I can't do nothing without, without permission. There was no permission. I didn't do nothing. He didn't do nothing. He was just fucking talking shit. Like, whatever. You know, whatever. He paroled shortly after he got out and whatever. But so one day, excuse me, one day, we're out in the yard. And granted, compared to the stories and, and the experiences that you've had, this is petty. But um, the homie frog, there's millions of frogs out there, so it doesn't matter. You know, I can say his name. The homie frog, man, he fucking, he was, he, he was, he was, he, he had a screw loose. Big dude. He, he had a screw loose, though. And, uh, he was throwing rocks. We had two yards there in that area. There was the inner yard where you had your handball court, you had the basketball court, and you had the weights. And then the outer yard was where the track was. Uh, and um, him and his fucking buddy were fucking throwing fucking rocks over the fucking fence to the outer yard. And it happened to hit fucking, it happened to hit the brothers. Mm. Uh, yeah that's fucking that's 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 conflict right there mm -hmm. so as soon as the outer yard got let in boom that was the first thing that, i mean they went to to the guy who you know who's you know the shot caller of the of the yard for for us let him know hey this is what happened we don't know who it was but this is what happened and we already knew who it was because we saw those stupid fuck, fuckers doing that fucking stupid shit. And it just so happened that he was in my dorm. And so the call got made to the shot caller of, of, of our pod. Hey, you, you know, you got to chin check him. You got to do it. And, uh, and, and I'm not going to say his name because he's a good guy. I'll just say he was from San Bernardino. And um, he uh, he was telling me because me and him were pretty cool, we're pretty close. And uh, he he had told me um, what he had to do. It was his responsibility to do that. He was like, "Man, I got a family to go home to. You know, I got kids. You know, I'm paroling here in in a month. You know, and stuff. You know, and and uh, yeah, fuck. He was like, I got to do this shit." I don't know if it was a guilt trip or not or whatever. I didn't care. All I know is I cared about him. And uh, I was like, you know what? Don't worry about it. I got you. 
I'll handle it. So I went up to another homie. I was like, hey, we got to do this. He was like, all right, let's do it. So we got Frog into the bathroom. Of course, there's cameras everywhere <laughs> there at that facility. We got him in the bathroom and, and uh, you know, we handled our business. Man, I'll tell you what, man, that motherfucker was one tough dude. He was one tough dude. He did not go down for nothing. I mean, there was two of us on him. He didn't go down for nothing, man, nothing. Then the alarms start going off because they see it, you know, and shit like that. And then, so, you know, my, my dumb ass pretends, you know, since we're in the bathroom, everybody's evacuating or, 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 or you know, you got to go back into the dorm. Uh, I fucking pretend like I'm taking a shit. You know, I just sit there and then, you know, the guards walk in and, you know, they tell me to get out. And so I get out and they line us up all against the wall. You know, they're talking shit. You know, they're talking their trash to us and they're like, all right, hold your hands up. And my fucking hands were fucking swollen. My knuckles were fucking swollen, you know, because I was hitting the back of this motherfucker's hard head half the time <laughs> in his hard face. Um, the other homie didn't get caught. Um, I don't know if he wasn't swinging hard enough or or his aim was off or what, but um, he didn't get caught. So me and Frog did, and they threw us in the hole. Uh, you know, the hole at a fucking level one CCF, you know, it ain't shit compared to ADSEG or the shoe or nothing like that, you know, so I'm not trying to like upsell anything here. But, you know, we got thrown in the hole and then we got the lieutenant coming down now. You know, here's lieutenant fucking screaming at us, you know, tell us the fuck's going on, this and that, you know, if you don't say shit, because we, I mean, you know, keep your mouth shut, right? Keep your mouth shut, you know, we weren't saying shit. And he was in the cell next to me, and, uh, and, and, and you know, he was like, yeah, well, I'm going to send your asses back to corporate. Or, you know, if you don't say nothing, you're going to corporate. You're going to corporate. You know, I don't know. The only thing I knew about that was it was a fucking bigger prison with probably more politics and shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know shit. I was just like, yeah, whatever. In the middle of the night, fucking frog taps on the fucking wall. He's like, hey. You up? I'm like, yeah, what's up, man? He was like, I don't want to get, I don't want to get sent back to court. <laughs> I don't want to get sent back to court. And I was like, all right. So he's like, well, let's just tell him that we were horse playing. We we're horse playing, and, and it got out of hand. And that was it. And I was just like, it's your story to tell, man. Whatever. So the next day they come in. He tells him, oh, you know, we're just horse playing around, you know, and it just got out of hand a little bit. That was it. You know, it was nothing big. And then, and, and so we, you know, we spent a week, you know, in there, you know, that was our hardcore sentence, you know, for that shit. You know, we spent a fucking week. Um, and uh, some of the guards there were cool. You know, um, uh, they're, they're pretty cool. You know, I had one that always would come by and check up on us and and you know just give us an update what's going on shit like that and then once we got out i went to um another pod now this other pod was where my big homie casper was from belinda and he was in that pod so right away you know it was like hey homie you need something you know i already found out what happened you did a good job you did your job you know wow uh, 
anything. And I was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And, and my bunk, they didn't segregate the bunks. Everybody was mixed. So it's not like, you know, I slept in the bunks with, you know, a bunch of Southsiders and, you know, or, you know, it wasn't like that. It was, it was all mixed. And the guy next to me was Simone. He, he, he was a blood. And uh, he was a good dude. He was a good dude. You know, he, he was fucking solid. And uh, again, I'm not racist. Even though the politics were there and I agree with them, I slid by with what I could. You know, I, 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 you know, I didn't follow all the rules all the time. You know, I got, actually got a picture of him and the Asian homie that I took on the, on the slide, you know, a little Polaroid and shit. Um, I got to find that shit somewhere, man. That's buried somewhere in storage. Um, you know, that, you know, that little photo album that you could buy, you know, mm-hmm. like, as the yep. brown cover and shit, yep. you know? Yeah. So I got written up, you know, for that crap. It was what, an extra 30 days, but then there's something that you could do. I forgot the word, you know, the term or whatever, and it shortened it to an extra 15 days, you know, whatever, fucking big deal. Um, so, um, I got to become good friends with, with the Simone homie next to me. We would share stories and he would fucking always tell me, we'd always joke around. He would always tell me, he's like, you know, shit went down where we're going to have to get down. He was like, but after it, we're going to be cool. And I was like, yeah, I know. He's like, but I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> I was like, fuck you. <laughs> Cause he would have. <laughs> you know, you don't fuck with Samoans, man. You know, you don't. They're good peoples. They're good peoples. Um, so, I mean, needless to say, you know, a short fucking story as this is, um, you know, I did a total of 14 months out of a two year sentence. Um, I met some really good people in there. Oh, 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 I forgot this part, which is also kind of ironic, was when I was in high school and I got jumped by the, by, by these brothers. Uh, one of them got rolled up into there. Hmm. And I, I hadn't seen him since high school, but I recognized him. And he recognized me. And when, you know, he has his fucking mattress in hand and shit like that, and he's walking up. And I, I stand up and I, I look at him and he looks at me. I know he's probably kind of like, what's going to happen? And I was just, I, mean, I called him by his name. It's like, what's up, man? You remember me? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. You doing all right? He's like, yeah. Very hesitant, though. I'm like, all right, cool. That was it. And, and I think that was, I thought that was very ironic at the times. You know, so, what, what are the fucking chances, right? Fucking somebody from high school that fucking, you know, you fucking end up you know, fucking in, in the same little bullshit level one yard. But so I had the opportunity. So I did kitchen duty at first when I first got there. I did the AM kitchen duty, which I hated because you got to wake up at fucking butt fuck early, you know, mm-hmm. 5 a.m., you know, and, and, you know, but those are some good times because, you know, we, you get to chit chat and you get to mix with other races, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you get to talk. Um, and uh, so 
but yeah, that just, I was just like, fuck this though. Waking up this early, this ain't for me. So I got switched to the laundry. You know, I, I heard that was the, the job to get. You go to the laundry mm-hmm. so you could get access to all the, all the new, you know, blue jeans and, the, and the nice fucking shirts and, and the shoes and all that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get to slide it to the homies, you get the hook up and all that. And, you know, you always had the best stuff and everything and, and, and the jacket. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the denim blue jacket that was nice to have yeah they don't got that stuff no more <laughs> right yeah yeah i'm not too hip on that anymore i don't keep up <laughs> with that uh, that was the part of me i want to leave behind but uh with the uh, which you really can't but um but when i left on my parole date um you know tradition is you leave it to the homies you know whatever uh-huh. property that you're not going to need i wasn't going to need none of this extra stuff because I, I, I had extra shit you know um, the only thing i took with me was was basically what i was paroling in which was my dress my prison blues and um and my photo album you know and some letters and that was it and when i left you know i i I left my shit to my Samoan homie, you know, like the night before. Here you go, dog. This is what I got. They don't know I got this. This is what I got. Here you go. You know, this is because I love you. You know, here you go. And then I told him to split it up with the Asian homie too as well. And uh, that was it. And, And I fucking got paroled. All right, everyone, that wraps up part two of the interview with Carlos. Um, Those were some some real stories and some stories um, a lot of you are probably familiar with hearing about in uh, movies and and, uh, television, right? And mind you, Carlos was only incarcerated for just over a year. So he went through a lot in a short period of time, right? Um, I also want to point out once this gets uploaded onto YouTube, if you watch it there, um, not to mention what you hear, not typical of what, uh, is associated with, you know, Sudenos or, or Southerners, right? Um, just to let you know, not everything is the stereotypical portrayals, although a lot of it is. So anyway, hope you enjoyed part two and part three will be out soon.